Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Meted, a podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Jimmy. And if it's your first time tuning in or not, we are Meted Podcast, meta analysis of everything video games. And not video games. I almost forgot it. <laughs> so, pretty much video games. Pretty much video games <laughs> right. right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, special, special edition. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, we have a good friend with us today. His name's Glenn. Hey, Glenn. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Paul. Nice to be here. Oh, God. He's putting on a voice. <laughs> I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, He's doing a thing. All right. Well, welcome. Well, podcast is against things. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know us. We don't do things here. Yeah. Jeez. Today, we're going to talk about some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, this is, I mean, uh, before coming to this episode, we really, I mean, because the Dark Souls one was kind of a spinoff of sort of the regular formula we've been doing. And so uh, we wanted to really just, I guess, sort of branch out from that structure. And so coming from Dark Souls and that entire series, uh, we're jumping into a little bit of a different topic today, which is going to be talking about uh, the golden age of 3D platforming. And I guess this entire era we're looking at is that PlayStation 1 and 64 PS2 era um and i mean between like a variety of titles plus like the impacts that that entire genre i suppose had throughout like the the rest of just video game development as a whole yeah doesn't include dark souls in the golden age of platforming (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) demon souls though ps2 that's in there wait it's not in there (laughs) yeah i mean so but I mean, well, I mean, just as a whole, this entire, uh, the, well, I mean, this topic, uh, we wanted to discuss, I think for this episode, just because Glenn, you personally have, I think probably the most experience out of like, out of all of us when it comes to 3D platformers during this era of gaming. Yeah. I'd say, uh, I've with, uh, Ratchet and Clank, Spyro, Jack and Daxter, Crash Bandicoot, that was basically like my, my, uh, my childhood and what, when I think of nostalgic games, um, I mean, that and Battlefront 2 are probably <laughs> <laughs> probably the ones that carry the most weight with uh, yeah. how much. They were your second parents. They have second, uh, my only parents. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, but I think what I, and what I really... Absenteeism did, is a real problem, folks. <laughs> <laughs> what I really appreciate about, I guess, like that selection as well, too, is the fact that uh, I think a lot of people who kind of think about this era, they think about more of what the... I think the classics in a sense, which are going to be like, what comes to mind are things like Super Mario 64, you know, Donkey Kong 64, a lot of those N64 titles as a whole, but things like Spyro and, I mean, those games were known, but like, I don't think they're the necessarily the go-to yeah, to I, everyone. I, I don't think they were on the forefront. I mean, I think Nintendo um, at the time was the the king of video yeah. games they pioneered uh, it yeah they pi- they definitely pioneered the the 3d platformer i mean super mario 64 is possibly uh one of the best 3d platformers that ever is to exist and so it's hard it's hard to compare <laughs> you're you're doing what you're doing what you say i mean it's all debatable but yeah uh yeah okay not but- not necessarily best but like first Wow, that's harsh, dude. I mean, I think I think you'd have trouble co- beating like eighty percent of the population in that opinion. I'm just saying, it, we we've talked about it extensively on, on past episodes about like nostalgia blindness and just kind of like games from your childhood that weren't extremely frustrating, and you go back and play them now, and you're like, oh. 
no, this isn't as good as I remember. Are you saying that's happened with Super Mario 64? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I can... played I played it on the DS recently and I was like, oh no. <laughs> what, what was the what was the difference? What was the I don't know, man. I it it just had a completely different feeling to me than when I had, you know, like I'd go over to my friend Chris's house and we'd boot up the N64 and just go to like lava levels and shit and be like, fuck yeah. 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 And and I do it now. I'm like, since I've already played it, am I jaded by like... Well, if you played on the DS, you got the rabbits. You got to chase the rabbits too. They added more content. That's in the original game. I'm just saying. They added like six more stars. (laughs) There's shit to do. That's too many. I don't have to swear. I mean, at this point, there's no. (laughs) We're gonna censor all of this. Like we just, but we keep our swearing in, but Glenn's swearing us all. I'm gonna, I'm (laughs) gonna, just just me gets bleeped. I'm gonna extensively edit this episode. (laughs) 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 Beside behind the scenes action. Yeah. Very informal conversation here. It's a good. It's gonna be a fun episode. Mm -hmm. We've started it. You didn't even know. But like, look at Glenn, how grossed you are already. You Glenn is nerd. in the room with us. Like, this is a whole new level of <laughs> podcasting we've never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but I would. Uh, well, I think going into it, I mean, touching back on that entire like just topic right there of talking about the nostalgia blinders, and I think um, something that you said, Jimmy, about how like you go back and it just doesn't feel the same than when you're a kid, and I think that's a totally plausible argument, even though I think. Super Mario 64 is way better than Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, easily. Whoa. Anyways. Um, I, okay, I agree. But I think as a whole, though, the, like, the you bar... You didn't put up much resistance for that opinion. <laughs> no, I, like, thought about playing Super Mario Sunshine, and I was like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> but Galaxy... <laughs> like, I'd rather Galaxy, play... I feel like Galaxy brought it back. I feel like for the 3D platformer, like, Galaxy was actually one of my, fa- one of my favorite Mario games. Have you play. played Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U? Yes. I feel like that game is better than Galaxy. Like it just keeps getting better. Hands then. down. Okay. Yeah. But the the entire point going from there is that uh, I think that's sort of the impact that we're, I was kind of mentioning at the start of the episode of it being like this is still like the start of the episode. But that's sort of the impact. Sixteen of, minutes. <laughs> um, that's kind of the uh, what's happened with three D platforms as a whole and the impact right. it's had on the industry is like uh, as time's gone on. Uh, the standard has just been like raised like more and more, and because I mean, if you think about like N sixty four and everything, like you know, you didn't have two control sticks to so, like one to mess with like the camera, and then like you know, one to control your movements. You just had your movement, and then you had like C buttons to like rotate the camera around. And as a result, like it kind of felt a little bit more clunky yeah, than it fucking does. Travesty that was. <laughs> <laughs> and like it just felt like God. Like when you play like three D shooters, like Goldeneye, and you're like. How do I look around? There's a donkey <laughs> video about that. It, it sums it up perfectly. Basically, that entire argument is he's like, if you go online, you emulate uh, Goldeneye, download this thing that allows you to play with a mouse and keyboard at 60 f- f- FPS with like 1080p and like enhanced textures, it plays like a fucking dream. So it's like the games that were never intended to be played with a mouse and keyboard back then oh, stand the test of time because of enhancements to the hardware. So just like in general, not playing with an N64 controller makes 3d platforming better. (laughs) (laughs) 
But just as a whole, though, like going back to those things, like there was, it was very, I think, innovative in its field. Yeah. Um, and I think we can talk about that if we compare it to sort of what came beforehand, which mm-hmm. was looking at the like 2D platformers, like, you know, Super Nintendo. Uh, I mean, a lot of PlayStation 1 titles didn't, re- I mean, I feel early PlayStation 1 didn't really dabble in 3D textures quite as, but that was like more, it was like way more sprite focused, I felt. And then it became like yeah. Some of the original Spyros, um, granted, like not very good 3D, did come out on PS One. Um, but yeah, I would. I mean, I would yeah. overall agree with you. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, was, but just as a whole, though, is that looking at those earlier consoles? Okay, put PS One aside, but looking at those earlier consoles, <laughs> is that uh, you know you go back to like '85 and stuff and think of Mario and you know original Zelda. Uh, the only way there was ever something like an idea of like height was usually just done on a side scroller. Like you could visibly see like there were platforms that were higher or lower. Yeah. And that's kind of like you had the sense of like height and like a Z axis in a, in a sense. Um, however, if you go to uh, things like more like 90, 93 and on, I feel is this kind of era where graphic designers started playing more with the, the sense of trying to create levels of depth um, with like the sense of like, oh, this is a ledge yeah. and it's higher up with um, restrictions. Yes, like you know, if you fall down and you can't climb back up unless there's something like a ladder. But as a whole, it tried to create this like three D element, like a Z axis that wasn't there. And I feel that's something that was kind of like people were ramping up towards that being the next thing to tackle in kind of like a video game environment, which I believe a lot of the three D enabling consoles provided yeah they were that created necessary jump that hardware technology just existed suddenly and everyone's like oh fuck we can make jack and daxter sweet let's fucking do it (laughs) so i think uh yeah ps2 is probably i think the first console with dual analog right I thought uh, PS1 had the same... PS1 had a controller, no, but it didn't have the oh, D-pad. Oh, yeah, it was the D-pad. It, was the it D-pad. just had the D-pad. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think yeah, uh, yeah. I think PS2 is the first one, really, to come out that had the, the dual analog. Um, and then, of course, Xbox and, uh, I mean, the Game Boy... Game, or GameCube kind of. GameCube had, a, had the C-stick. But it was never utilized yeah. in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why... I mean, and PS2 was the... PlayStation was the console of choice in our household which is why i only reference those specific things of course we played mario 64 and i played on the ds as well but those are always like parties at friends houses or whatever Mm -hmm. parties as they call them mario Mario parties yeah (laughs) fuck mario party that's another episode featuring brian's broken couch (laughs) (laughs) damn we're getting deep here I still stand by. I don't remember that happening. <laughs> I didn't break that couch. I didn't break that couch. <laughs> I wasn't present. Oh, you don't have to be a part of it. You were Jeremy. Jumping on the couch. Like, because yelling. I... How do you win every single minigame and then still lose? The only part that requires a minuscule amount of skill and I fucking won. And it just didn't matter. Oh, yeah, It's no. like, who landed on the red squares the most? Who fucking lost the most? You get a fucking trophy. Here you go, millennial. <laughs> Cycle the system, man. It's just like, it's terrible. Mario Party's the worst game ever. No, it's, it's not. But... It got worse. No, no, Mario no, no, Party. No, no. Okay, we're... No. <laughs> I feel like we could talk about any Mario Party or party game at length longer than fucking 3D platformers at this point. 
That's probably true. Let's change the episode. Boop, 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 hear your theme song. No, 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 no. We're talking no. about... Okay. I'll take this segue to go <laughs> and roll on over <laughs> to the games I actually played on the N64, such as Banjo-Kazooie, Donkey Kong 64, Conker's Bad Fur Day, and... Uh, Super Mario. Super Mario 64. Super Mario like, I, why did I list that one last? <laughs> because you're a hater. Hey, okay. You have clear biases. I do. <laughs> what I, is like... What? What is what is wrong with Mario 64? I don't know. You, I, I, okay, so here's the deal. Because you're talking about how um, I, Super Mario 64 didn't stand the test of time for you. Yeah. This whole episode is about how <laughs> these early platformers I know, no, stand no, 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 the no. test of time, and I'm not saying that you can't have. I'm a saying it's opinion. an exception for me because they did the remake on DS. Yes. And I still didn't really like like it. I never. Well, I, I wasn't like Im, I wasn't emblazoned to continue playing it. Whereas the Banjo Kazooie remake on the 360. I think that's a simple matter of like the original environment in which you played it. Like of course if you go over to a friend's house and you're eating Doritos and fucking nacho yeah, cheese yeah, dip, it's gonna be awesome. Mac and cheese all day. <laughs> right. Like you finish off yeah. the 36 I think pack that's of what I think noodles, my headspace is probably gonna be great. My headspace for Mario 64 is just like I was way happier just in period. Well as a person <laughs> just of period. And now I'm older and jaded and I fucking $20, hate Mario in debt. <laughs> Working a job we don't yeah. like. Yeah no I understand. So I mean First is <laughs> it was the first. It was the first. So I'll give it Which, that. I mean, like considering for like what it came out in ninety six. Yeah. Like you consider that Ocarina of Time came out in the end of ninety eight. Yeah. Like there's a, like pretty much a solid two years plus difference in these games of like their development, mm -hmm. and I think really looking at like you can because I would even put you know Zelda into not like I mean I would even say it's kind of like it's. A dungeon explorer is what I qualify it right. as, but it has a lot of obviously 3D platforming elements in it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and I really think that you consider like, you know, Ocarina of Time and then compare it to later, later, later <laughs> Legend of Zelda's and other just 3D environment games. Um, yeah. And really just see sort of like how those improvements have sort of built up over time and created a lot of today's gaming, mm -hmm. I would say. Like there is. Yeah. Because, I mean, one of the things to also talk about, you know, is we can talk about these classics of 3D gaming, but there was also, like, we have to parse through, like, a lot of shitty 3D games that existed, too, that tried sort of hopping on the bandwagon of, like, oh, now there's all this new 3D technology. What can we do with it? That was uh, their first problem. They called it 3D technology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to future. Um, yeah. Where, but, where was... Okay. Where, I know... It's hard. I mean, there's probably some historical facts about like you know where where three D platforming began. But where did where did three three D platforming begin for you? Mine. I will say mine. Yeah, I love mine. Can Crash Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot. Wrath of Cortex. Crash Bash. Those were like yeah. Those were the ultimate games for me. I love those games. And that's what that's what started it. Yeah, I think Crash is a great like intro into three D platforming because of its like straightforwardness. Yeah, it had the kind of the similarity of a, of a side scroller. Exactly. But it was 3D. Exactly. It was 3D. So it like it felt like you could turn it kind of what was that one game you referenced for the PS3, the, the Little Souls. Big World. Little Big World. Little Big Planet. Little Big Planet. Yeah. Little Big Like World. it's basically like Little Big Planet. 
Little Big World, what the fuck? <laughs> Little Big Planet is basically Crash back to 2D. Yeah. To me. The, if, two, the 2.5D where it's kind of like, yeah. it is, it's 3D but not really. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so it, when when Little Big Planet came out, it's had, for me, it's had such a huge like Crash vibe. I don't know why. I mean, it was probably just because it was on PlayStation. I was like, that's what that... <laughs> PlayStation is all yeah. Crash Bandicoot. But, like, I, I've recently replayed some Crash Bandicoot. I think the first one. And I was just jealous. like... Yeah. I'm so jealous. It's so good. It is. It's so good. And it, like, ma- it was masterful in 3D, like, instantly. Yeah. Was Crash was Crash your first experience with the, the, the kind of 3D platforming gaming style? No, definitely Mario sixty four banjo. Mario 64. I, I was I was I had a lot of N sixty four. I don't even think I touched a PlayStation until I like lived with Paul. I think the first time I Nintendo was like the Smash Brothers, which yeah. came out like well, I think long after that. Yeah, was so mm-hmm. we definitely had different gaming upbringings, yeah. but which I mean that's cool. Yeah. So and then Paul, of course, is probably Legend of Zelda. Of some oh, sort. well, yeah, probably. I think. Uh, from from my age, it was probably Ocarina of Time was the first I had. Those are really like my exposure to it. But I mean, I also had equal access to Mario sixty four. But I was way more drawn to Zelda. Such privilege. <laughs> you were like, "Fuck Mario sixty four. I'd rather be fucking Link." What? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, rather be, I'd rather be fucking Link. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just realized. <laughs> what quote, Paul? No, this is not, it's not important. But in the N sixty in the N sixty four version, you only ever played as Mario. Yeah, yeah. But in the DS version, you actually yeah, had to Wario play as different characters to actually and... beat the game. Yeah, or get all the stars. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which I, I mean, I'm okay with that being in. We can when I think whenever games are topic, remakes, right? I think it's okay to add new elements to it that like enhance. Well, I think remake the game. I think if you want to <laughs> capture the original experience, then play the original game. Right. Like and so I think with nachos and Frida nachos. Yeah, but I think if you go back in time, (laughs) kick yourself, kick your past self. (laughs) Um, God, but I would say as a whole though, um, if we consider like what three D elements are, what three D games and sorry platformers brought to as a whole, and how we could really just apply that to like how it branches out from uh, where it started. I mean, because obviously. I feel that platforming is sort of the go-to when, like, you think about how it came about. Like, so you start with Mario oh, yeah, and everything, totally. and you're like, well, what do we do when we have, like, access to a Z-axis now? And it's like, well, we just make platforms. Like, we can now broaden the the spectrum of platforming games. And mm-hmm. I feel that's the, like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Let's go with that. And so I feel during this age, that was really what dominated a lot of the scene in video games was... And then, but I feel those applications then started getting applied to different genres as a whole. Oh, definitely. So now instead of having the, uh, you have this like evolution of how gaming works now, because instead of having just, um, 3d platformers as a genre, the genre doesn't really exist anymore. Of course, like Jack and Daxter or, uh, Ratchet and Clank lasted like 10 years as a franchise and they were still considered 3d platformers, but all in all, this genre doesn't exist yeah. because 3d platformer, it's just implied now. Yeah. There's not... People Anything don't call it's the new Tomb Raiders 3D, 3D platform. Yeah, they're like what dungeon explorers or I- adventure. Adventure. The, the vaguest right. genre. Of I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's sort of becoming this encompassing term, right? Like an adventure game. Yeah. Like what does adventure really mean? Like there's 
there's a quest involved, and a hero. You, like item yeah. collection. But it's it's cool that the genre basically by giving the genre a name that only really exists in that time for that period of time. For that period of time. Yeah. It's really I think that's really interesting that like basically nobody would ever call something a 3D platformer yeah. anymore. And now it's more interesting when a new game comes out that is like a 2D platformer, like inside or or like uh, Little Big Planet. We like saying, Little like Big Planet. So, yeah, like that. You're like, whoa. Whoa. It's not a 3D game, but we have the technology now, and it's like you don't. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. this. Mm. But yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like they created such a strong foundation for so many games that I mean, that is a great point that the the genre of 3D platforming does not exist anymore because it is nearly every game that come like is out now. Mm. Like, like I mean you can think of what like even even last episode of Dark Souls like yeah. Dark Souls has elements of 3D platforming in it. Where you go up ladders and down giant trees and And like you know the games like they don't necessarily have like a a really big I guess like platforming aspect of like you're jumping right. from platform to platform but there are some parts of the game that are like this secret area is accessed by like jump like try jumping <laughs> jumping on a platform <laughs> yeah like try jumping like yeah and off a cliff try t- try tears <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but i think as a whole though that yeah exactly that that notion of like no one call, makes releases a game now and calls it a 3d platformer that's, that's sort just, of just it's, it's implied yeah in, <laughs> it would be stupid of you to be like new assassin's creed now a 3d platform <laughs> 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 like what what are you fucking snake oiling me this time yeah. but it, but I, I like that a lot because um i think it also gave way to a lot of things in the mmo genre which is a genre for me has been oh definitely real like I played a lot of MMOs, like I played EverQuest, I played World of Warcraft, uh, Guild Wars 2, and I think Guild Wars 2, I'm, I'm going to highlight there for a second, because there was an effort to put in this 3D platforming aspect of it, which was jumping puzzles. Oh, yeah. And I was... saw David and Andrew doing this one with like a glider, mm-hmm. and you had to like fucking glide and then like jump, it was fucking ridiculous. But it was like explicitly like a 3D platforming puzzle, mm-hmm. and I was like, what the fuck? This game came out three years ago? Yeah, but it's... <laughs> But what's really cool about it is that that part of the game is, I mean, a lot, the game as a whole is really fun, but that part exclusively is something that. We're is, trying to get sponsors from Guild Wars <laughs> It's something that's, oh yeah, Arena Net, please. Uh, uh, but the, that part specifically is something that I remember, like, I really enjoyed doing that part when, like, right. doing jumping puzzles. And that's something that, like, when I hop on, when I played more with like Andrew and David, they're like, "Oh, we're do- we're gonna do jumping puzzles." Like, oh it yeah. Like, but it was still something that was really fun because I don't know what the, the nature of three D platformers is. Something that's kind of like <laughs> something that's kind of lost. Yeah. Like now, I feel because it's so not cliche, but it's so integrated now that it seems kind of weird to create a game that's specifically three D yeah. platforming. Yeah, it's like it became a kind of niche extra bit mm-hmm. that. Where whereas like in Dark Souls it it is three D and there are platforms, but its main game mechanic has nothing to do with three D platforming. Mm. It just is in that genre. But I feel also kind of going with this I the only games now that I find that I feel are three D platformers and designed solely as that tend to be three D puzzle games. Mm. Um Do you have an example? Uh Portal. I think oh, yeah. is a, like okay. Portal, Talos Principle. Interesting. Uh, those games, like they're designed very much with like a three D platforming 
aspect and idea. And lots like of 3D, being, lots of platforms. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, but even then, it's still not considered a platforming. I mean, it is a platformer, but it's right. not considered. That's not what it's labeled as. It's yeah. labeled as a puzzle game. Yeah. And that's or the puzzle platformer. There we go. Yeah, I've actually. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a genre. I feel like that's real. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like what you're saying about that though, because it reminds me of, because um, we were talking about we were talking earlier before the podcast about uh, collectibles in games and how before three D platformers like collectibles were really not too widely seen, um, even in because there wasn't really a way to hide something like you can pretend to have something like in uh, uh, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Or yeah, Link's Awakening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was or the seashells. Or, okay, no, it was Link's Awakening. Okay, yeah. we had to, dig, you know, dig up this, or, like, you can simulate something being 3D by yeah. digging it up, but really that's just tedium. Like, you're just digging everywhere well, to find the seashells. the game doesn't explicitly tell you in words, but it's always, like, there's four rocks around this one spot. What could be there? And then you dig it up, and it's a fucking seashell. So sure. it, it's not... But it's not, it's, I mean, that's just... If if a 3D game existed where you were just in the Zelda Link's Awakening like world and you were given a shovel and told to find seashells, you'd fucking like the 3D would it just wouldn't work. Right. It worked in 2D because every spot had a you But know. I I think the the transition though is yeah, we gave up the fact that we can't just have this like, oh, there's a big clue about where it is, but it actually was kind of a being aware and having a puzzle that you had to not not a puzzle but like if you're more aware you can get these collectible items i'm thinking of like jack and daxter or ratchet and clank where you have like the precursor orbs or the titanium or gold bolts or whatever and it was just it was not a part of the game i mean or it wasn't a necessary part of the game but if you wanted to get like the cool collectible get a hundred percent of the game completed you had to you know use everything that you're seeing around you to your advantage to like find exactly where these things are. Cause it wasn't easy. Yeah. And I think unless you looked up gamefacts.com. <laughs> Actually it was cheat CC. <laughs> God, I think one thing that I really appreciate about that aspect too of collectibles in 3d environments is that it didn't feel, uh, it did two things that I really appreciate in games. One, it made a rewarded curious players. Yeah. And two, it didn't feel gamey. Um, and what I'm talking about is like one, that first point of like rewarding inquisitive players is games that are rewarding for players to kind of, we talked about this on Resident Evil as well, where yeah. like it encourages players to explore their environments and interact with everything. Oh yeah. And as a result, because like the idea that something might be hidden because of the way it's designed, like mm-hmm. the 3d element of it, like it encourages players to like look in every nook and cranny because yeah, maybe there's yeah. something hidden that like isn't normally visible yeah. Um, it's probably good for the developers too to a certain extent like if you're making a game and you're spending hours developing this game or like you worked on the corner of this wall for fucking three I don't know how long things take right but like <laughs> if you if you put so much time into a game to design it you want people to appreciate for what it is and if you just have like a fucking hack and slash like Dark Souls Street. No, I'm just kidding. You know, hack and slash. Yeah, that's a hack and slash. Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry. There we go. Yeah. Like, you're not necessarily paying attention to everything that's going on around you. You're just like, who can button mash the hardest or know the combos kind of thing and maybe not appreciating, like, honestly, like, how awesome or beautiful these worlds are. And so, like, definitely, yeah, collectibles make you look into maybe these unseen parts of oh, the yeah. world. Oh, so yeah. I think that's what... 
what a lot of game developers have then taken with the 3D is, I mean, there were always Easter eggs in like 2D games and stuff like that, depending on developers, but it was like 3D had that extra, you could go the extra mile to find out something special about the game that the developers put in there for people who like were seeking that out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that didn't exactly exist before because generally you would have to kind of glitch the game in order to get it, you know, get, get a button sequence to find an Easter egg from the developers. But it was like in 3d, they would just give you the hundred percent completion was something extra that didn't exist before. You didn't need to do it to complete the game. Exactly. But you can do it to know that you fucking mastered the game. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, Okay, I gotta, I gotta tell a story a little bit. Because Jack 1 was my favorite of the Jack and Daxter games because it was like just an innocent platformer. Like they got into Jack 2 and Jack 3, they're like racing! <laughs> Honest, in dystopian, dystopian worlds most, and shit. Most powerful and moving part of the game, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. But, but when I you remember, get behind that wheel. I bought a, <laughs> Jack, a used Jack 1, Jack and Daxter, for, and was playing it on my PS2's for, or sophomore year. The fucking game glitched. And I knew it's only ones I needed. And I got it, but it, like, just stayed over there. And it was on a cliff. But since it was on a cliff, it was supposed to, like, automatically come to me. But it never did. And so I'm, like, got this Jack 1 game that was, like, scratched. That, like, obviously fucking glitch. That was the one glitch. And it was, I was at 99% of Jack. And I had to buy. I bought another game. To beat it 100%. So I could beat it. And I got 100%. Because they came to yeah, you. Yeah, that's like. Yeah, they actually came to me. It's probably the reason why I hate Donkey Kong 64 is because I mean Donkey Kong 64 had a similar system to Super Mario 64, right. where you collect stars, right? But there were bananas. <laughs> but there were bananas. <laughs> so you collect. Right, gold, hear me out. <laughs> you collect these golden bananas, right? There's 120 in the game. I feel like you're pitching me a story. Okay, they're like stars, but instead they're actually like palpu fruits. <laughs> they're stars for monkeys. <laughs> But, okay, so get this shit. Um, I'm playing this game, and I'm like, you know, I'm. this is like overachiever Paul, where like, I'm like, I gotta get 100%. Yeah. So like, I just gotta. Fucking Donkey um, Kong. And so I'm at like 119 golden bananas. I'm not even fucking joking. That's and, bananas. Right? Okay, but this is like, you know, golden. the era of like, dog, my, you know, your bud has an N64, your and they're butt? like. You know, like, you know, your bud has an N64, <laughs> but they don't have like a certain game, so they're like, dog, can I borrow this game? And you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Right? Yeah, Simpsons Road Rage. Yeah, I fucking let my friend borrow. Jesus, man. I let my friend borrow my fucking Donkey Kong 64. Do you delete your He erased my fucking save and was like, dude, I needed needed a save slot. And I'm like, like, three? I know, like, yeah. There was one that had like four golden bananas. And he was like, well, I thought maybe someone was playing that one. This one looked pretty finished. So that's why I deleted it. And I was like, oh my God. That's like like your trope that, like, before, like, PS3 had trope. Trophies like or before you had, Xbox, you, had your, you had a disc or like a memory card that had saves on or not not a disc, I'm sorry, that's wrong. You had a, a memory card that had saves on it, but if you just like Dude. fucking got rid of it, it was like you had no proof yeah, that you I were fucking, a champion. That's like I, someone trading all your fucking Pokemon. That that's same like, guy. That's yeah. like somebody selling your trophy wipes. That, no, that same guy. Trophy. Okay, so no, I also played Why is he your Star, friend? Fantasy <laughs> Star Online. PSU? Yeah, dude. Ooh. No, wait. <laughs> PSO. Was it Fantasy Star University? Oh, well, yeah. No, Universe. I know what you're talking about. But yeah, PSO right. for like, you know, it came out on Dreamcast originally. Right, and then right. I also Come got on. like, for some reason, I got the GameCube. 
version, even though I oh, had yeah. one Dreamcast. But you on, had a Dreamcast. Yeah, I that's did. another episode. Dude, <laughs> but I had a uh, Dreamcast game. Yeah, so I had <laughs> Fantasy Star Online, and I had all these fucking sweet items on the GameCube one. I had a level one hundred and seven Fomar, um, because two hundred was the cap. But that like, sounds dude, real. <laughs> at this point, like. Yeah, and I just had crazy, like, unique special items. And fucking, my friend, like... Which I st- friend? No. Name him. No, <laughs> no, do no, not name him. I'm not going to name him. He's going to listen. Uh, he's going he's gonna, to... Name him! He's going to kill Paul. But, okay, so... He already knows. He you stay- said in he such stayed, detail. He stayed the night at my place. And he also played Fantasy Star Online as well. He had his own copy. And you could, like, take your memory oh, cards. Yeah. And you could plug them both in. And you could, like, link up and stuff and yeah. play together. He fucking traded all of my items and then he deleted all my characters and was like asshole. dude something happened in the game cor- like the the memory card corrupted which like has, which happens before and like it it does this very specific message it'll pop up and be like unfortunately like the memory card corrupted right. and stuff and blah 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 and so and you so, would boot yours and that would well, not happen no so i booted it and that didn't pop up and i was like fucking deleted them like that's and then insane. and then literal week later he's like dude i was playing fantasy star online and I, like all these crazy drops happened and there were all my fucking items oh my and God. i was like you fuck like he even had my like level 200 like stat specific mags or whatever and i'm like bro where did you get like a 200 dex mag like you can't even start with a 200 dex mag unless it's hacked because five of those points are already allocated into like whatever the other stat was that i can't remember but like Dude, it was just shit like that where I'm like, this fucking But see, game. that tale of video game woes brought to you by 3D Platform. Goddamn, dude. It was it was the fucking shit, let me tell you. And so, yeah. I hope that guy listens to this episode. So Donkey, Feels bad. Donkey Kong 64, man. Can't, can't play it ever since. And I never did. I never did play it, nor beat it. That's you fair. I, That's I'm fair. I'm not going to. I mean, it's fair to hold a grudge about something so... Minuscule, you know. Egregious. Just, like, no, you know, I was going to say, no, it's big. I'm not... I'm not even being facetious. I'm like being serious right now. I would not fucking play a game if that happened. <laughs> if you were 99% done, but you did. You played a game well, of that, that was different. But it, it was exactly. Different that was the, it was the like game a cheating. Game defect. Yeah, no, it's like I mean like I can respect that like you're like yeah. A, yeah, Paul you, Paul has no, an emotional I bought a used game for $2. Yeah. Like Paul, it's like, likely going to be bad. Paul is emotionally <laughs> scarred by Donkey Kong. Oh yeah, it was, yeah. It no, was totally. fucking terrible, yeah. dude. And yeah, I never have been able to get well I've never been able to get into like another 3D platformer the same ever. I think actually wow. I would say Donkey Kong wow. 64. Donkey Kong 64 probably ruined it ended 3D platforming. 3D for platforming me. For like yeah. I think I was so devastated by that that I cannot play a game that was specifically designed as just only 3D platformer. A collectathon. Yeah, like well I mean like puzzle platformers, absolutely love them. I love collecting right. collectibles in puzzle platformers. Um that stuff's cool because I think it's really I mean, the puzzle aspect of yeah, it is really, the like, puzzle to mentally get the stimulating yeah. kind of thing, you know? Like, you have to think outside the box, but, like, Excuse fucking me. Donkey Kong 64. I mean, wow. That breaks a man. Yeah. <laughs> this cannot... This bone will not mend. <laughs> so, Donkey Kong 64, that means you didn't play any of the platformers coming out on PS2. Maybe that's why I fucking hated Super Mario Sunshine. Like, that's you, probably why. You just yeah. had the Donkey Kong... It's a different game to me. No, I never considered. They're definitely a different. Game. I never considered like, technically. I never considered Sunshine like. I never. I put two into. I mean, I was like, oh, it's like Mario sixty four, but it. It had fucking flood, and it was that was like an interesting. It's not different. 
at all. It like, has it has I think the power-ups? I mean, they're like power-ups. Yeah. Like hats, but yeah, he's okay. always on your back. Like back and so, and like, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same. But I mean, maybe also it. like maybe it's also as well. The entire point of the game was like better clean up this city. And I think I'm I like, just really like the music life. of Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> like, I'll just clean up my normal life. What did you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just make changes. Yeah, for I don't. Myself. I don't want to fucking fix these fat nosed bastards <laughs> framing like, me. Tourist vacation. Put me in right fucking now. jail. Fuck them. I'm, I'm gonna clean Community my goddamn room. <laughs> I feel like that was a playfully anti-Semitic. <laughs> They're fucking fat nose. Hippies, Hawaiians. <laughs> I don't know. Are they ra- are they are they a prejudice? Are, are they racist? <laughs> Am I racist? <laughs> God. Oh, well, but, uh, this is the episode we find out. <laughs> um, but no, I think as a whole, uh, I think the idea of collectibles. I, there were two points I said originally with collectibles. Was we're one, getting back to yeah, it. Yeah. Well, one I said full well, circle. circle. One, I said that I thought uh, it encouraged, cool. uh, <laughs> you know, it, it rewarded curious players. Um, and two, it didn't feel gamey. And what I mean by that okay, is yeah. that finding collectibles in 3D games felt way more legitimate than finding collectibles in 2D games. And I feel mm. that's because in in 3D, you can mess with the environment in terms of, in a way where, like, you look at something, you're like, oh, that just looks normal. But then, like, maybe if you got up close, you're like, Oh wait! There's actually behind the shop here. There's five rupees which I can now use to buy the Deku shield. You know, like right. this whole entire thing where if you walk into the shop in uh, Ocarina of Time in you know Deku and you and have no Kokiri money. Forest, yeah, there's like you can walk to the right of the like shop oh, and like yeah, and there's, a, there's a little like alcove that you yeah. can't tell just because of like the camera angle. But there's some rupees back there, and it's just one of those things where like if you mess around and stuff, you're like, oh cool, there's some things here, but yeah. then. You know, and the environment is encouraging you to look around, whereas in, like, a 2D game, it might be something, like, it looks like a wall, but you're like, oh, I can actually walk through it. And, like, that's not intuitive for a player to, like, test walls in that sense or, right. like, test the boundaries of the game in that sense where it's like, maybe I should see if everything's yeah, a breakable Castlevania. wall. Yeah, Castlevania. Like, I fucking yeah. want wall chicken. Every wall. Yeah. Whip <laughs> like, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like that again. is the... Yeah, that's totally what it encourages when it's not intuitive. And so, yeah, and that's kind of what I... Or, like, uh, digging up every sand thing. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sand, yeah. So that kind of like, there's a chance for rupees? Better fucking dig up fucking everything. <laughs> and so it's kind of this element where, yeah, it, it's, it's not anti-fun, but it's not... Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a very good design. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. There uh, are there are a lot of bad three D. That there game. Wa- that game I was trying to remember. It was called. Uh, oh God! What was it called? It was called like Rocket Robot on Wheels. No. And you were a security Stop. guard. Oh shit! <laughs> no I, fucking yes. way! You know this game? Yes. <laughs> There's no way. Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking, right, Jimmy, I'm thinking of something about, else. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, tell me about it. Huh? Prove no, to me that no, you know no, rocket you, robot security no. guard. <laughs> You're a robot security guard for like an Stop. amusement park. I'm okay. not even lying. Sorry. There's like it's, a frog 3D game. Frogger. Was it Frogger? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Let Paul talk. No, Let Paul talk. No, but that on. game I felt, it was just like one of those, like, no one remember, well, I guess I just remembered that game. <laughs> no one remembers that game. When they're like, think of 3D platforming games. Like, no one remembers it because it didn't do anything that was exciting. Right. Or like, you know, or, I don't know, inventive. And so right. there's a lot of, I feel, 
we can look at, because we did ask this question, you know, like we talk about this as the golden age of 3D platformers because it's sort of this historic moment Mm -hmm. that exists in video game history where these games were widely created and sort of like distributed at this, um, I guess at this production level or whatever. There there was a lot of 3D platformers during this time. Yeah. And now today there's not games that are designed specifically as that. But the entire point of it was like, you know, do they stand the test of time? And I mean, short story, it varies across all of us. Sometimes we're like, yes, this game is awesome today still. And, you know, others of us are like, yeah, just didn't like, it feels too clunky or something. But um, going back to it as a whole, I think reflecting on all of that, um, we could look at, sort of, like, these amazing games that stand the test of time, and then, like, all these games we don't remember, but I think what I'm drawing from this is the fact that each of these games have contributed, like, little tiny bits, and when we talk about it standing the test of time, it's the idea that 3D platforming, uh, as a foundation, hasn't really changed. Um, we can think of, like, new mechanics, new ways to mess with the environment, but sort of the formula has sort of stayed... Uh, true to itself um there hasn't like you play mario 3d mario platformers today you can easily see and like feel the way it connects like super mario 64 Mm -hmm. and i think the fact that like that hasn't changed as much is something that's really like when we talk about the golden age we talk about like how yes there were a lot of bad 3d platformers but it kind of got it right the first time exactly yeah it was like that that perfect recipe that they just they figured it out somehow first try and they were like oh this works ship it and then people still today are like i'll buy that for a dollar and then that's just how it I'll works buy that used jack and daxter game for two dollars okay honestly though there there are a couple <laughs> games that i can say that you because you were saying it varies across people i would say not obviously not unanimously but like i would say crash bandicoot and ratchet and clank are two of the games like any like if anybody's played those as a kid, and I don't think it's just nostalgia because there's other 3D platformers that don't, that these games are honestly like still playable to this day. Oh no, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think Ratchet and Clank, the fir- especially the first three games, I'd say Deadlocked, which is the one that you played with Brian Park yes. online, was... Not online. It was split or, screen. Or, or split screen or whatever. Screen or it's the only one that did that. So I, I, I didn't really like Deadlocked that much, but I also loved the I fucking loved games. it. But I think, like, Ratchet & Clank is one of those games that, like, I can go back and play Ratchet & Clank now. Right. It had a good story. Well, I mean, had, I did go back and characters. play Crash Bandicoot. That's what I was saying. Yeah, and Crash it, Bandicoot. it just is, it's playable. Yeah. And fun. And the early ones were, like, the beginning of the 3D. They were still 2D side They were, like, side-scrollers, 2D side-scrollers, but they had, like, 3D elements kind of thing. Uh, where it, like, looked 3D, but it really wasn't kind of Oh, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the pseudo. Um, and then... As you, like, went into a corner, it would, like, change the camera angle. So the camera yeah. angle wasn't dynamic, yeah. but it was, like, you were in 3D. Three Bunny D. ears. Uh, yeah. No, I think that, I'd say it's Crash Bandicoot and uh, Ratchet & Clank were two of those games that, I'd say, almost unanimously stood the test of time. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What would you say, Jimmy? Stands, what would, what's your stands the test of time? Uh, since I was an N64 kid, I mean, I do agree, Crash, Crash Bandicoot, amazing game. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't believe it came out so long ago for how good it plays, but Banjo-Kazooie, to me, 
was like the perfect culmination of like 3D platforming, collectibles, interesting design, music, like everything about Banjo Kazooie to me was like classic, perfect platform, 3D platformer. Was Banjo Kazooie? Did Banjo Kazooie have a multiplayer? No. Was that Conkers? Mm, yes, it had, it had multiplayer. Conkers had multiplayer. Mm. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Fuck Conkers. Stop. <laughs> Paul, you're a 3D platformer. Jet Force Gemini. <laughs> what? Jet Force that Gemini. Game is of course you're gonna not do that. good. <laughs> that Dude, you not shoot good. fucking giant ants and shit. It was great, man. No. Um, did have multiplayer really, though. Really though. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing. Okay. <laughs> Ultimate yes. platformer. Not even a platformer. <laughs> okay. Not even a but platformer. There is a, there is a transition from 2D to 3D. I think mm. it's important to talk about, like, because we were talking about the the transition from uh, 2D games to 3D games, and racing games are one of those. Mm. Like the original Mario Kart was definitely not 3D. Mm. And, and F Zero. Well. Oh yeah. F Zero. Like there's the there's several, right? And so uh, GTA. Oh my God. <laughs> and GTA. Too. Yeah, no, no. It, it was it was the People, it was the developers, it was everyone trying to simulate 3D without push action. the yeah. hardware, push the games to the limit graphically intense, like and pedal, <laughs> pedal to, <laughs> to metal. metal. <laughs> what? what? Gran Turismo. <laughs> oh, yeah, my favorite platform, <laughs> but seriously, that really you. Rush 2030, <laughs> best platform. <laughs> No, uh, I would, oh, but ultimately, uh, <laughs> no. best platformer for me, I think, as a kid, um, as much as I hated Eternally, I think uh, <laughs> Donkey Kong 64 would have to, I even mean, though I created that entire story about how he fucking sucks, I it mean, still does. Rare makes a fucking good it does platformer. Make it, I think rare? what... That, rare, yeah, studio, the rare studio. Rare, rare. But I think Donkey Kong 64 really introduced a lot of things for platforming as a whole. Like, you had multiple characters you could choose from. Uh, the way you thought about levels was dependent, because you're like, oh, I need, I need, uh, you know, Cranky Kong. Wait, not Cranky. He, no, Lanky? Chunky Kong. Chunky Kong. Was he the big fat one? Yeah. And oh, they, they also got to be. His name is Chunky. Yeah. His and, name is Chunky. He's really fat. No, that's, that's the, it. Fresh, <laughs> monkey. That funky chunky. You knew that. No, you knew he was oh, like. You knew that game was serious too because they swore in the intro. Oh yeah. Song. No, they did. This not. Kong is one hell, hell of, of a guy. guy. Hell of a hell. No, it was it even it was H E L L. Yeah, they bleep it. H E double hockey they stick. Double hockey They stick. bleep it in mel in melee. It's like one heck of a guy. <laughs> so and you're like, okay, don't censor the, my childhood. In the original, it was like Nintendo. this Kong's one hell of a guy. Yeah. And it was, and that's like, you knew as a kid. There's fucking guns in that game. Rated E for everyone. For mild cartoon violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, but ultimately though, I do believe that game um, paved a lot of uh, stuff. And I mean, because, you know, in. Super Mario 64, which I would consider kind of one of the originals of 3D platforming. Mm -hmm. It had, I mean, it had boss fights, but it was like Bowser. And, you know, that was kind of like... How many times do I have to hit him? Oh, I guess it's going to be three. It was the same thing. But I, like, you know, that game introduced, like, boss fights in a 3D platforming environment, which I, like, can relate to things like Shadow of the Colossus or Dark Souls. Um, you can relate Mario 64 to Shadow of the Colossus. No, 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 no. I can relate Donkey Kong 64 oh, sorry. to Shadow of the Colossus. 
still in, a great feat. I can relate, Mark. Not like, <laughs> not saying that like it like it directly in like in yeah. Uh, yeah, but like this entire it played with that idea of like how can we make the game not just like in terms of the environment more engaging and require the player to think about it, but also like how can we do things with like boss fights? How can we start using three D elements to create like more interactive like fights in that way and like really build this pve aspect of it because then you start thinking about it to things like mmos like you know having awareness and environments to like to work with yeah and it I seems like kind of i mean it seems like kind of a, a shower thought right but it's like 3d platformers really added like another dimension to how games are played because you're <laughs> no it's true though did you hear my audible like, head slap face palm <laughs> but like but it's Paul again because I said head slap. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! This episode's off the fucking rails because it's 3D and we we did it, Rails. folks. We did, yep, it's 3D. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. Uh, but but but, yeah. I, but what I had? Do you? No, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I didn't have anything. <laughs> but that's the kind of but that's the thing though is that I think Donkey Kong 64 what it brought to the table and what it introduced was sort of. I, I see a lot of it in a lot of different games now. Um, and I don't, I don't play it and I'm like, oh, this is like King, <laughs> straight, King This is straight King K. Straight K. up Black Donkey Classic. Kong 64. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like fucking being... Classic God of War move right there. <laughs> I'm not playing like fucking Shadow of the Colossus like shedding a single tear over the <laughs> of the game being like, this reminds me of Diddy. <laughs> like, that's not happening, but I can, I recognize how that Straight game up Daisy has, Kong. <laughs> How that game has impacted so much. I can actually relate Jack and Daxter to Devil May Cry. A lot of the boss fights in Devil May Cry felt like the boss fights in Jack and Daxter. Oh shit. It's true? Yeah. Yeah. That's all I had to say about that. Is that that. the same studio? No. No, no. No, Jack and Daxter is Naughty Dog, who made uh, Uncharted and Crash Bandicoot. Last of Us. Oh, I forgot they made Last of Us. Yeah. (laughs) Last of Us was fucking bomb. 3D platform. I still don't play it. <laughs> 3D platform. <laughs> Best 3D platform. <laughs> but as a whole, I would say that I, I really appreciated that we called this sort of a golden age because it, it was kind of like the golden age, but also the only age. Um, right. And I think it's really this interesting piece in video game history to, to kind of go back to and like appreciate that uh, a lot happened in this time and really how the series as a whole, you know, it has every now and then, like, a small little, like, I don't know, it's definitely a smaller, uh, I guess, category of games now that, like, are released just as, like, platformers, but, um, as a whole, though, like, platforming in a lot of just 3D games as a whole is now integrated, Mm -hmm. part of it, and I think, really, it's just fun to always reflect on on those moments, and to, like, appreciate how this is really redefined the, the... I mean, the entire it's, development. Yeah, they're is a pioneer for exactly. The, the time. It, it's it was, the one mechanic they had, and so they're like, "We got to do everything with, this, <laughs> with fucking platforming." <laughs> but that's but yeah. that's still the case. They're still trying to find ways in which to use mul- that that third dimension yeah. to their advantage and find ways to like confuse or um, challenge their players to do right. something different. Which is why I think a lot of the games now are, are the puzzle games because. You know, it's inherent. People think yeah. you know, three D is like inherent now. Like we we've exhausted probably most of the well, ways that we can use it. Yeah. And so now the only way that we can use this third dimension in a way that challenges our players 
um, not just like physically or like tactically right. is to mentally is challenge to mentally, <laughs> mentally challenge, <laughs> mentally stimulate. No, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. mentally stimulate it, this. Like exactly. Thing. That's what I was. 3d isn't it's inherently now like everyone gets 3d like 3d is now a very approachable concept in video games. Yeah. So making it, making a puzzle game from a 3d game is now inherent because game developers are wanting to challenge the player. And so it's, it's always cool to see new games come out that have some new puzzle elements to them and are still in this 3d space because especially with like VR now and how when you have the goggles on and stuff and you can have stuff going on all around you and like that's adding that whole extra element of 3D space that developers should be and are taking advantage of to like make new mechanics and stuff for well, that's yeah. That's a whole. That's the that's the next generation of immersion that they were hoping for. I mean, I'm sure when people, you know, saw the original Star Wars, they were like, "Holy shit! How did they make me feel like oh, I was yeah. actually there?" Right? But uh, that just doesn't happen anymore with 3D games. People can kind of disconnect themselves, and right. so I think the VR, yeah, definitely the VR is like bringing that. It's that next step. It's the next step. It's the next sure. logical step. So, yeah, but it took them what twenty. Well, yeah, and it's still years. very in its infant stages. Yeah, I think Resident Evil Seven was a great step in the right direction for is VR. Is that a joke? No. no. <laughs> Paul's, Paul watched Brian Swanson play all of it, and I've seen gameplay of it, and it's phenomenal looking. And like, really? but the fact that it has VR support kind of thing, yeah, is just like something that I mean, I only watched it played normally, but I'm just like, dude, I would be fucking shitting myself if i was playing this vr i would be terrified i think like if you're going to create a vr game and it's going to be like full immersion and that's like what you want to be like that's the that's the next level right the reason we're doing this is to immerse players more um making a zombie game has probably got to be the best idea like how i mean they capitalize the shit out of it yeah (laughs) resident evil must have like their whatever creative board must have been like guys Guys, we got to get on this. Definitely. I mean, they did. I'm I'm still so surprised, like, it came out and that I've heard multiple perspectives of VR in it where it's not jarring. Like, the people who use VR in Resident Evil, like, shit, it's fucking scary as hell. But when they're moving around, they don't get motion sick because of, like, how well they did it. And that's been a problem with a lot of current gen uh vr games is like you'll just get motion sick and so people were like playing resident evil 7 and not fucking barfing and then you're like you did it <laughs> i don't know the next generation yeah <laughs> not barfing <laughs> okay and so really what i want to like just moving forward i think that's really what i'm looking for is uh we're gonna cut just what <laughs> what uh what vr is going to bring to the table and i think that's going to be you know 20 25 years down the road that's what people will come back and reflect on as like the golden age of vr you know and that's going to be what oh, this yeah. moment here is awesome hmm? i feel like that's a good wrap up yeah definitely well I, yeah i think uh being in a generation two where i get to experience uh both of those transitions but from 2d to 3d and then from 3d to vr is definitely going to be an advantage over these these little guys who don't even fucking know 
how much of like a privilege oh, having shit. 3D yeah. gaming I mean, is. Two right? control sticks was like yeah, actually, yeah, actually <laughs> having like all controller. mobility, like three dimensional mobility. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. that's something that didn't exist before, and uh, being able to experience that firsthand was awesome um, and a cool transition. But not being able to experience that transition and going to VR, maybe it seems like natural to them. Maybe they won't throw up. You know, maybe they'll be so used to it. They'll they just be won't know. evolved to play. It's not. It's not yeah. evolution. It's just uh, <laughs> uh, exposure. And yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Like it'll Like be... they only know VR. Why would they ever assume anything else is different? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, I mean, just coming to a close now. Uh, I mean, we're we're obviously meta podcast, Glenn. Thank you as well for for getting in on this too. Yeah. And, thanks for having me. Yeah, and contributing Kicking your, off. your knowledge. You, because <laughs> I mean we'll, we'd love to have you back, so we'll mm. we'll see if we can keep this going. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see if we can stay on topic more next time. <laughs> <laughs> we were on topic. I know. Okay, we yeah, brought yeah. in racers and VR and Fantasy Star Online and PSU. You know, sad video universe. game story. It all culminates back into a succinct story about the golden age of. 3D platforming. And bananas. And fucking... Fucking mon- golden bananas. Monkey stars. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you, you know, if you haven't, check us out on, on all our social media outlets. Jimmy, you know them all by heart. So. Facebook. Twitter. Uh, not YouTube. Uh, <laughs> Stitcher. iTunes. Google Play. I did it. There's yeah. other There's other ones out there. You gotta find them. It's a 3D world. <laughs> it's part of the 3D collectibles. It's part collectibles. of the adventure genre. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know the drill. Uh, we're meted podcasts. Boop boop doop. You've been meted. <laughs> boop. Bye. Bye.